Hello everyone, my name is Awarawa Nomran and this is my channel, The Place to Fear God. This is where we learn about God, His beloved Son Jesus Christ, and their kingdom purpose, the three, the three most important subjects that we can ever learn, talk, or discuss about in the entire Holy Bible, according to John chapter 17, verse 3. The subject that I have prepared for you and myself today is captioned, The Power of the Tongue. Before I get into that, I once again have a tune that some of us might be familiar with. Once again, the subject that I have prepared for you and myself today is captioned, The Power of the Tongue. It is very common among many people in this world, many of them being Christians, to not have the understanding on how powerful the tongue really is. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, as King Solomon had stated in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Now, what do I exactly mean by this? Well, many Christians don't notice you can dislocate families, dislocate marriages, destroy people's lives with the tongue. People have said things, discriminated against others that have made people just give up on life, commit suicide, make them sin against God. Many people have used their tongues, their ability to speak, to go and commit such atrocities. However, there have also been people in the Bible who have used their tongues to, suit, to do so many beautiful things, like the apostles. In one day, in Acts chapter 2, verse 21, they, they converted, or they preached, and 3,000 people accepted that message, as the account says. 3,000 people believed in what they were saying. That is a lot of people to believe one person talking. It's very important to understand the tongue has the power to do lots of things. And in James chapter 3, from verses 2 to 13, if you read it in a more modern translation, the analogies become simpler. James had used various analogies to help us understand the fact that the tongue is a very powerful thing. It can be like a fire. In Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 14, God had said, I'm going to make what you're going to say fire, and the people you're going to say it to wood, because what you're going to say is or you're going to pronounce judgment on those people, according to once again, Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 14. Jeremiah was preaching against many of those people who thought they were worshiping God, but in reality they weren't. So it's very important to understand how powerful the tongue really is. And we're going to be looking at what the tongue can do in various ways, whether it's for good purposes or whether it's for bad purposes. Now let's start with the bad, because many Christians are in the shape of having a lack of understanding of how powerful the tongue really is. Let's name some examples now of things you can really do with your tongue, the use of the tongue. Now to start off with, many people are liars. Many Christians cannot enjoy saying the truth. Maybe, let's say, take it to class. Maybe you're a student, you're in whatever grade, the teacher is away from one day, there's a substitute, but the classmates behaves. Very common behavior, especially in this modern world. They make lots of noise, and the teacher comes back the next day, and 
maybe is wondering what exactly happened. Maybe the supply teacher didn't write a note. And the students will probably be lying that, oh, uh, we were fine. The teacher didn't give us any work, 100% free time. But then there are always going to be those few people that are honest, that will say, no, we made noise. The teacher gave us work. You didn't, you, we just didn't do it. So many people are liars in this world. But we must understand, if we are liars, we are not children of God, but we are rather children of Satan the devil himself, according to John chapter 8, verse 44. Because Jesus Christ had stated, told the Pharisees, that Satan the devil, when he says a lie, he's not saying it, he's not quoting somebody else. He's quoting himself, because he is the father of lies, and when he speaks of lies, he's speaking of himself. And the Pharisees were liars. There are people who didn't teach the truth whatsoever. Same in these last days. People who don't teach the truth are liars. Because they're trying to send a message to people that they're the best people about uh, that worship from God. They're the leaders of this people. According to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 16. They do not teach the truth. God has not sent them, but yet they ran. According to Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 21. And many other places all over the Bible. And as a result, what they say will never come to pass. According to Jeremiah chapter 14, verse 14, chapter 5 and verses 30 and 31, Isaiah chapter 59, verse 6, and many other places all over the Bible. Liars will not inherit the kingdom of God. Many people lie that they worship God, but you cannot deceive God. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. As St. Paul had stated in Galatians chapter 4, 6 and verses 7 and 8. If you think you can deceive God, you're deceiving yourselves. You cannot lie that you're worshiping God because God does not use the mouth to determine that. He uses your heart condition. It's very important we understand this. According to 1 John chapter 2 verse 4 and 1 John chapter 4 verse 20. Then, like I mentioned in the introduction, many Christians have a habit of discriminating against others. They think that being a Christian means, oh, I have a billion dollars. Oh, I'm just wealthy generally. If you are a poor person, if you just didn't have the opportunity maybe to worship God, maybe you just didn't have the opportunity to be at least a decent person, have a house, you know, live a normal life, people think, oh, forget this guy. This guy is not very righteous. It was like that publican in Matthew chapter 6. There were two people who were praying. There was a person who was praying for God to help him because he acknowledged the fact that he was a sinner. That was the publican. The publican was a poor person back then. But the other favorite person, a Pharisee, was praying that he was not like that man that was over there on the other side. Who he knows himself and he's a sinner. He's a poor person. He's an idiot. Forget, forget him. But God is going to save that person who's a sinner. And he's going to punish you for what you're trying to say against others. Discrimination is bad. According to James chapter 2, from verses 1 to 4, it is godly to respect the poor, to help the poor. You shouldn't have to go fly all the way across the world in order to help somebody. When you see somebody, don't discriminate against them. Don't destroy their, their lives by making them know that they're, they're low in the society. No, help them. That's how to help them maybe one day come and worship God by asking, why don't you help me? Then you come explain it's very important we understand how all this works. We must never discriminate against others. Otherwise, God will discriminate against us. He is not a respecter of persons. He does not regard persons. According to Acts chapter 10 and verses 34 and 35. 
Just as how God does not see a black person different from a white person, we shouldn't either. Because there is the same to God. God created man, all man, in his own image and according to his likeness. According to Isaiah chapter 45 in verses 12 and 18, Genesis chapter 1 in verses 26 and 27, and many other places all over the Bible. That there's some people who are talebearers, busybodies. If you read 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 15, busybodies, people who mind other people's manners, are not going to be ones inheriting the kingdom of God. Why? Because one disadvantage to being a busybody is that you say, rub you say rubbish from your mouth. You're looking at what other people are doing. There's always the example that people can give in the workplace when there are workers there that are living their normal lives and just doing their normal work. There are people who will focus on their work, get their work done, and get paid their salary. But then there are people who, they don't want to finish their work. They want to go help other people's work. Sometimes even messing up their work, not completing their work, and therefore messing up the whole job. No, do your own work first. Why is this important? Maybe some of us don't work yet. Well, some of us might be busybodies and uh, talebearers, people who like to reveal secrets. A talebearer revealed secrets. He that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. As King Solomon had stated in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 13, we must never be waiting for people to tell us stuff, then we are the ones that will be distributing it to people like false prophets. God has not sent them, but yet they ran. No. If we are, if we call ourselves faithful, if people tell us good things, we should not, or people tell us bad things that may have happened, we're not just going to start running around, advertising it, trying to be the new newspaper. No. Rather, we should just live our lives normally, continue obeying God, and He will bless us the way He has always done. We must never try to go out of our way to say bad things, influence people's lives, and then come and find out later that the tongue is really a powerful instrument that we really should have just controlled a little more. One example in the Bible to further prove my point is those people in Matthew chapter 27 verse 25. They were seeing Jesus Christ having that conversation with Pontius Pilate and they said, we want this man's blood to be on us and on our children. It makes absolutely no sense to really say that because that meant what had ended up happening in AD 70 when the Romans surrounded the city and killed them. They wanted Jesus Christ's blood to be on them, the punishments wanted to be on them, and continue on to their children, which was why God waited until their children were coming and everything, and then he went and brought the judgment. And when in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus Christ had warned them that this is going to be happening, so you better know about it, so that when it ends up happening, when they come, come past in the city, you don't just do whatever you want. You actually come make sure that uh, you escape the city because the Romans uh, had come when other people had escaped to the mountains while other people were praying. So it's very important we understand we should never think that God cannot act on what we say. Many times people say very bad things on their mouths. They curse people. They do all kinds of things. And then God actually acts on those things. And then we are going to be extremely punished for doing such things. So we must never just say whatever rubbish we want from our mouth, like those people in Matthew chapter 27, verse 25, because what they said, even if some people were just joking when they were saying it, God actually acted on that and brought severe judgment upon them by letting their children and them, some of them actually started eating their children, all just from not really knowing how powerful and how God can act on what you say. 
So we better be very careful with what we're saying. Now, the power of the tongue doesn't just go to wickedness, as I said. The tongue can also be very powerful to teaching the truth, because the truth is very powerful. The word of the Lord is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit, and to the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Okay, into Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. The truth is a very powerful thing. So it is powerful, it becomes powerful when you go ahead and teach it to people. Parents, for example, should be teaching it to their children. According to Deuteronomy chapter 6, from verses 5 to 7. If they have had the opportunity to learn about God, to grow in their faith, that should be something they continue on to their children. As many generations as possible. Why? Because it allows God's blessings to continue moving along down the family. Just as how you have the opportunity, you have to give somebody else the opportunity. We should never be saying bad things from our mouths. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to use edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. As St. Paul had stated in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, we must always be saying things that people can actually benefit from. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how you ought to answer every man. As St. Paul had also stated in Colossians chapter 4, verse 6, we should be saying things that people can actually benefit from, that have salt, that have savor, or sugar, or whatever in, uh, condiment you want to use, or whatever. It's just, they need to be things people can actually benefit from. And what are some of those things? Being honest. People don't benefit from lies. Did Eve, for example, benefit when Satan had deceived her? No. Rather, what God I was talking about, death, ended up coming. In Genesis chapter 3, from verses 1 to 6, nobody benefits from lies except for the people that tell them. Rather, we need to be honest. He that speaketh truth sheweth forth righteousness, but a false witness deceit, as Solomon had stated in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 17. We must always learn to be honest, truthful about everything. Even if persecutions come, which they will, according to Matthew chapter 5, from verses 10 to 12, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, and many other places all over the Bible, we must therefore expect them. We must still go ahead and be honest. We must still go ahead and say very good things from our mouths, because that is the only way we can be worthy of inheriting eternal life. And we shouldn't be making a habit of saying so many things from our mouths anyway. We should rather be focused on taking instruction. We should be swift to taking instruction, but slow to speaking. Not ranting, saying all sorts of rubbish. No, saying quality things from your mouth. According to James chapter 1, verse 19, like I said, let what you say always be seasoned with salt, always be with grace, always be with something that somebody else can benefit from. Now, let's take it to the next level. In the Bible, there were people who actually said things, and no matter how long they took, it would eventually come to pass. For example, Joseph told his brothers in Genesis chapter 50 from verses 22 to 26 that when you guys are going to the land of Canaan, take my bones with you. And even though Joseph wasn't dying at the time, these things actually came to pass. When they were going to Canaan in Exodus chapter 13 verse 19, that was where they, it was said that they had Joseph's bones with him. They hadn't forgotten it, they hadn't left it anywhere, they hadn't still hated him after the dreams he told so long ago. No, they still took his bones. 
And in Joshua chapter 24, verse 32, it was recorded that his bones were buried in Shechem, in, in Canaan. So, you must have the understanding, the tongue can actually do many powerful things. Joseph hadn't been really close to dying at the time, but when he said it, no matter how long it took, it eventually did come to pass. He was buried exactly where it was mentioned that he was buried. And in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 22, Paul reflected on that by saying Joseph had faith that God's descendants were going to continue from where he was buried. So that was what ended up happening. Another example is when Joseph's sons, before that, in Genesis chapter 48, had been blessed by Jacob, who had been half blind at the time. Now, there was a tradition back then that your right hand would go and bless the person who was the firstborn, the elder, while your left hand would go on the younger. However, Jacob knew this, but he knew from God that he, Ephraim was supposed to become the better one, even though Ephraim was younger. So when Joseph put his two sons in front to be blessed, he crossed his hands, meaning Ephraim ended up getting the right hand while his brother, Manasseh, ended up getting the left and even if it took a long time, it eventually came to pass. Ephraim ended up becoming better than Manasseh in the end. All from just Jacob renewing traditions and switching up his hands. It's very important we understand. He said it, that it would come to pass, and it eventually would. These are just some classic people who worshipped God in the Bible, later talked by some of the other apostles, later, much later. But you must understand, the tongue is indeed very powerful. Another example is Jesus Christ himself, where he, what he had said, remember, Jesus Christ lived 2,000 years, a little more, from the time that we are in right now. And But what he is saying is still fulfilling today. He that rejecteth me, and receiveth not my words, hath one that judgeth him. The words that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. As Jesus Christ had stated in John chapter 12, verse 48. What were those words? The various teachings, the various warnings that he had been giving the Pharisees and all the other people, his disciples, and the other commoners listening. That one day, the last days is going to come. I'm going to establish my kingdom. It's going to be a gradual process. And it's going to be Satan's last rule over the wicked earth, which is the whole idea of the last day. Many people don't think this is true. They think that their institutions can still stand? Well, good. You'll just want, as what Jesus Christ said 2,000 years ago, still comes to fulfill now. Anything that you say that has to do with God's purpose will come to pass no matter what. Sometimes there's some things that you say, and the moment you say them, maybe God will remind you, oh, I remember I want to do that. Good. Then it'll bring it to pass. Many, many times people think God is just living his own life. No. He created us, obviously, and our tongues can sometimes remind him, Oh, I wanted to do this one time. Like, when the wicked come and pray to him, and then he remembers, Oh, I remember this man. Yes, he was the guy who wanted to annoy me all the days. Good. Then I'll bring judgment. According to Proverbs chapter 15, verse 8, which is why we should always know exactly what we're saying, and when we're going to say it. Jesus Christ is a perfect example of somebody who prophesied so long ago, and yet those things are coming to pass. And who are those people that are carrying on that tradition? The saints themselves. And it shall come to pass afterward, that I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the handmaids and or the servants and the handmaids will I pour my spirit. 
as Joel the prophet had stated in Joel chapter 2 and verses 28 and 29. Many people want to kill them, those prophets, because they're persecuting the world. Those prophets being the saints, Christianity, they are being persecuted in these last days. According to Revelation chapter 11 from verses 5 to 8, many people don't want to hear what the saints are teaching, so they cast them out. However, what they say is a continuation of what Jesus Christ and the apostles before the last days, the remnant now in these last days, is continuing what those other people were preaching before. And anybody who goes against it, no matter how long it takes, God does not forget, even to the third and fourth generation of them that hate him and fail to keep his commandments. According to Exodus chapter 20 and verses 3, 5, 6, and 7. We must never take God's name in vain. And how do we take God's name in vain? We just do not do what he wants us to do. So, what should we be doing then? Now that we know that the tongue is a very powerful instrument, we should therefore be controlling it. But there's one more example that I can give. And maybe some of you have known it already. The person who can exercise the biggest power from what he says is simply God himself. If you read various places in the Bible, like Isaiah chapter 45, verse 23, Jeremiah chapter 22, verse 15, he said, I swear by myself, obviously there's nobody better than him, there's nobody bigger than him, there's nobody more powerful than him, so there's no person that we're going to be swearing to. Some people in this world say, I swear to God, I swear to my mom, I swear to my dad, but God has nobody bigger than him. So he says, I swear by myself. And anything that he says, no matter what anybody thinks about it, no matter what anybody wants to do about it, it will eventually come to pass. And there are various places in the Bible that support this. For example, in Isaiah chapter 2, verse 2, God said that in these last days, that God's house, the mountain of the Lord's house, shall be established in a height that no other kingdom can reach, and it will be exalted above all the pettish clumps that are ruling right now, and no matter what anybody thinks, all nations will go in that direction. People think that God's tongue isn't powerful, that they can make God's kingdom come down. Guess what? He is going to turn your curses against his word into blessings. That is what he promised Abraham in Genesis chapter 22 from verses 16 to 19. I swear by myself that if anybody curses you right now, I'm going to turn that curse into a blessing and I'm going to re re return that curse and bring it back to that guy. It's like when you want to curse God, you'd say, I don't want your kingdom to be established. Good. God is going to bring that curse. It's going to fulfill on you. And he's going to, to, he's going to get the curse that you wanted to give to him, turn that into a blessing, and come and fulfill his purpose. He's a very wise man. That's why we must never think we can deceive God. We must never think when he says something, we can turn it back. No, God does not work like this. It is actually impossible. According to Isaiah chapter 14, verse 27, Isaiah chapter 55, from verses 8 to 11, and many other places all over the Bible. Because his ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts higher than our thoughts, when he says something, and he wants it to come to pass, you can't do anything but just follow suit. I hope I've made it very clear now why it is very important that we acknowledge the fact that, according to James chapter 3, from verses 2 to 13, our tongues can be fires, our tongues can be destruction, our tongues can be things nobody wants to hear speak. And at the same time, they can be things everybody wants to hear. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You can prevent somebody from worshiping God, and you can open new doors for such people to worship God. Those people will be blessed 
if they take to heart what you've said, and the people who say it themselves will also be blessed, and they'll be rewarded with eternal life. And I just end my talk on the subject, the power of the tongue. To conclude this episode, I once again have a tune that some of us might enjoy. enjoy this video hope you learned something most importantly because it's very important that we understand the fact that our tongues are fleshy organs in our mouths but they can be very powerful both for good and for bad thank you oh one more thing if you like what you heard today feel free to share a message at https colon double slash anchor.fm slash it pays to fear god slash message once again, that's https colon double slash anchor.fm slash it pays to fear God slash message. Hope to hear your wonderful feedback.